Here we go. Hello, everybody. Cal Banning here. Cal Banning's back on hypnosis, etc. And I've managed to get Dr. Gregory Brown, we're going to call him Greg, psychiatrist, professor, researcher, bypath board certified hypnotist, hypnotherapist, to stick around to talk about some something really important that a lot of people in the hypnosis profession cannot talk about, and that is psychiatric medications and doing hypnosis with people, hypnotherapy, how that interacts or, and, and that kind of thing. How you doing, Greg? Great. How about you? I'm so excited to be doing this. This is like number three. Oh, if all you guys are watching this, if this is the first one you're watching with me and Dr. Brown, please go back to two videos back, get the first one and then the second one. It's all going to roll together seamlessly. All right. You're going to be glad you did. I'm glad. All right, Greg. So tell us about, you know, what made you think you wanted to do this article? And so for everyone here, this article has already been published in the Five Path International Association, Hypnosis Professionals, and that journal is available to members only at this point. So um, I think this is going to be really great to kind of let that cat out of the bag here in this video. <laughs> All right, go ahead, doctor. Well, the, uh, the sort of the background of my writing the article is... Um, I've had training uh, in, uh, in hypnosis, obviously, as Cal just pointed out, but also in EMDR and some other energy psychology techniques to reduce traumatic response. So one of the general concerns that are articulated in some of those trainings and across multiple prof professionals is, if my patient is taking Prozac, will they be able to get an effect from one of these techniques? Um and or if they're taking Xanax, will they be able to go through this or that or whatever? And it's a natural um, response, I think, from clinicians to say, is this medication going to block the therapeutic effect, therapeutic effect of this technique that I plan on introducing to help the person? And it becomes very challenging because there's a temptation amongst some of those professions, I'm not going to describe which ones, to suggest that people maybe should take less or maybe not take their medicine that day, which then gets people in trouble because that goes outside their scope of practice and can make, you know, and it can actually make it worse. Because if you, let's pretend you're taking Xanax for anxiety and you skip a dose because maybe it will help you process and you're more anxious than you would have been, it may take you beyond the useful anxiety curve and make you even less able to process the emotion than you would have before. So psychiatric medications cross a lot of different neurotransmitter systems, of course, um, and we can talk about some of those in more detail, but I think there are two big takeaways from my practice because I have used five-path hypnosis and seventh-path self-hypnosis with patients who have been on almost every class of medication within psychiatry. Certainly antidepressants, both serotonergic, noradrenergic, and combos. Certainly benzodiazepines in the form of longer-acting clonopin or shorter-acting Xanax. I didn't necessarily start them on it, so don't blame me, but they were <laughs> they're on it when they get to me. So, you know, um, and uh, some mood stabilizers. Um, 
as another uh, component of people who probably don't have real bipolar, but someone said they did, so they arrive with it. So I have never had any problem getting patients to somnambulism on any of those medications. And since that's the operative state from which you work, that means you can do your work. And um, in the second take-home point is, if someone has been on one of those medications for an extended period of time, that's their new baseline. And so that's where they're working from. They can still feel feelings. They may be a little dulled a little bit, but when you get them at the somnambulistic level of trance, they're gonna be able to go through all the steps of age regression, forgiveness of others, forgiveness of self. There is no block to that. You, the key goal is getting them to that state of hypnosis. And once you do, you can do the work you need to do. Um, there may be a rare case now and then that you may think the medication's dulling a little bit, but just go forth, do it with the appropriate permission or referral and um, do it and assume there's not going to be any difference. You know, like I've done tens of thousands of sessions and oh. uh, okay, I'll get it. let me see. I want you to pull a, a statistic out of your hat, okay? Oh. Of the general pop of everybody out there in the United States, what percentage of people would you say are in some kind of all of the above medications you talked about? Oh, wow. All of them? Yeah. Oh, probably approaching 40 to 50%. That's right. That's that's amazing, isn't it? It's and so mind-blowing. <laughs> mind-blowing. Hopefully you can do better than that in the future. But so my clients come in with that stuff, right? And and now I and you I know you mentioned this in articles and, and conversations we've had. I would not work with someone that's schizophrenic or something. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't either. Like <laughs> because they're thought disordered and, and things like that. But all these other things that are mood kind of things and emotional affect issues and stuff. They have their medication has brought them to kind of a new, their new normal, right? Yes, and exactly. everything is relative to that. You know, mm -hmm. so you you can you bring up the feeling, and it might not be as like exactly what you're saying. I'm validated with my experience is that they can feel that feeling, but it might not be as edgy as it would be without the medication. Exactly, and then we can time tunnel them back using that, and uh, and there's this. Um, you know, the, like there's this working area of stress, right? Like stress and distress, right? And mm -hmm. the, having some of that fear or anger, whatever it is, is necessary. But you, if you take them off the medications, you go into distress and now yeah. they're not functional. And I think I'm just saying the same thing you said, mm -hmm. but that is my my validating experience having many, many, many clients in the chair. So, and of course, we're going to send out that thing again, is that you, if you are not a mental health or medical professional, you don't want to be working with these people unless you've got a referral or permission from someone who is licensed. And at the very least, I go for a, um, a notification that it is not contraindicated. <laughs> that seems to be less of a commitment by the licensed professional. According to my experience and knowledge, it is hypnosis is not contraindicated in this case. 
Awesome. Doc, I'll just say doctors are by their nature relatively conservative about what things they don't know. And so, uh, and this is, and I, and I write this the same way when I do legal reports and other things um, is to answer in, in, in the exact way Cal did, which we call a double negative. But instead of saying, I affirmatively refer this patient to you for the treatment of psychotherapy, instead they'll like freak out. But if you write it, um, uh, there is no contraindication to my patient receiving hypnotherapy. They will sign it without blinking. It's just, uh, it's just one of those things kind of built into the medical profession. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's good that we have a video out like this so people can kind of understand the languaging and the thinking. Mm -hmm. I'll go, I'll say, you know, I'd like to get a referral from your physician or psychologist or whatever. And, uh, if the, if there's any problem with that, then I just take it down a notch to a, just a statement of not contraindicated. So mm -hmm. cool. The one thing I would say on the other end of doing hypnosis, um, if the prescriber at whatever level they are of the medications doesn't know anything about hypnosis and they probably don't, it's not always true. Um, if you have, if someone has started working through the seventh path, or if they've completed the five path uh, in all of the steps, and they have a substantial reduction in symptoms as a result, which, by the way, is a likely outcome because yeah. because those processes are powerful, um, they will probably, on their own, need to reach out to their prescriber towards the end of it and say. I'm feeling way better. I would like to talk about the potential of a dose reduction to see if I can get by with less medication now because I have these new tools that I can use when I feel bad. Because, uh, for example, if someone was taking Xanax for anxiety, well, now you've got the seventh path every night. It's reducing anxiety. You went through the five path potentially, which also reduced fear and anxiety, starting with the age regression portion. They may need less, less Xanax now. And the Xanax, which was perfect before you started, may actually be a little bit sedating for them now that you finished. So make sure that you need to have your client reach back out to the provider after treatment is over or progressing and say, um, maybe we can cut the dose back a little bit. Would that be okay? And uh, because otherwise they may actually have too much medicine when you're done. That's right. That's right. Absolutely true. Thank you for that. And also that's not a bad way to educate medical people about because they'll get curious. And then down the road, they'll say, well, I don't know about this. And then we can say, we can tell them that on our website, we have a, a paper that's been published about seven path right so mm -hmm. peer-reviewed published paper research with medical students so that that's so we can help educate the medical community as well as the, at large the other thing i would just say if, if you have if you're treating people with anxiety in particular and they're on a control substance which would include valium librium clonopin xanax ativan all, all that stuff or you're treating pain patients who are on a high dose of morphine or oxycodone or, or one of those other things, uh, doctors are getting quite a lot of pressure these days to reduce the doses of those medications because of a whole series of national movements and state level movements at the relative state boards of pharmacy and the DEA. And so if, if you have a success with a doctor in getting a person's pain meds 
halved uh-huh. <laughs> or um, having their Xanax dose or even better, not needing it anymore, um, you're going to have a referral source that's a friend for life because they're going to start sending more and more of those patients over to you so that they can comply with statutory regulations that are happening around them that they don't have other tool sets to deal with. And so in terms of potential practice growth, looking at this you know, pain zone, looking at the anxiety zone and, 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 and getting some successes there will get your name spread around tremendously in a community. And when you start getting medical referrals like that as a, you know, non-medical or mental health professional certified hypnotist or hypnotherapist, that validates you in a very big way that you're getting those those medical referrals and kind of thing. I'd like to see someday that just like in you know, most medical environments, there is a place for physical therapists and occupational therapists, that there would be a place for uh hypnotherapist that because most doctors don't really have the time or inclination to to spend the time needed to do five paths seven paths with someone and just like you you send someone out to a massage therapist right exactly yeah mm-hmm. awesome well i think this has been just really a excellent information packed video is there anything you want to say to wrap it up I think that's pretty much it, but I will reiterate those two points, and that is um, there is at least in the patients I've seen no reason to suggest you cannot get a patient to somnambulism on any of the major classes of psychiatric medications, and so don't use that as a barrier to offering help uh, as long as you have the referrals and whatnot that Cal described. And um, second, make people aware that um, they need to reach back out to their provider after getting successful hypnotherapy uh, to potentially reduce the doses of the medications that they're on. Those are the two main points. Perfect. All right. Thank you. All right, everybody. I hope you appreciate that. We got Dr. Brown here, Greg, to us, uh, taking the time to really, really give us some information that we don't always get into the hypnosis community. And uh, he is a valuable member of the Five Path community. Thank you very much, Greg. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right, everybody. Cal Banyan. Signing off. Bye. Mm-hmm.